Hi, everyone. If you're listening to this, it is on or about the 20th of September. That means you viewers in the UK, Ireland, and some of you in the Nordic areas are getting to see the TV show. We're waiting, but yay for you. It also means that Times Convert is out. We are running a giveaway. Yes, we're giving out the book and a tote bag. Yay! And if you don't want to miss it, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant TC2018. Second thing, in true demon form, we had wonkiness in our recording, but we figured it was good enough to go on. I may sound like I'm recording from a tin tunnel, but bear with us. Psst, I forgot to turn on my good mic. Yeah, that happened. Okay, everybody, enjoy the show. This is Deborah Harkness, and I'm here for Demons Discuss, take 44, the one with the revolutionary rake. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the all-souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. And what are we talking about today, Angela? We are talking about the meeting of Phoebe and Marcus in Chapter 20 of Shadow of Night. The beginning of it all. The beginning of it all. So between this and the Book of Life and Times Convert, listeners, readers are meant to imagine the courtship. So this is, this is the foundation of it. So we shall explore. Yes. Shall explore. And it's a perfect jumping off point considering what we're all doing this week. What are we all doing this week? Most everyone I would expect would be reading Times Convert right now or rereading it as a case. Oh, yes. Movie. If we're flashing yes. forward. Good, good job. Time walking, James. Yes. <laughs> yes I, I time walked correctly for Yay! once. Yay! <laughs> Those of you who can read Times Convert in two days and, you know, sped read through it, then you guys will know what we're talking about. Those of you who like to, uh, what do you call that? Savor it. Yes. Nurture it. Take your two, three months to read it. Take your time. We'll be here. <laughs> we'll be here. And you can push play when you're ready. <laughs> With the lights on. <laughs> With the lights on. Okay. So before we get into anything, any, 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 anything, Deborah Harkness is not on this show. We know you heard her on the bumper, but she's a busy lady. So the fact that we got her to read a bumper, yay us, right? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. She was, she had such a good time with it. Yeah, she did. Yes, yes, she did. Yes, she did. She may she may have another career to fall back on no with kidding. that voice of hers. No kidding. I know. Good Lord. Unlike me, she was not distracted. She doesn't need another take to do it. <laughs> no. She just did it fabulously. She did not start laughing either. No. <laughs> she grabbed the mic and just owned it, man. She's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. We oh, tried to so get her fun. on the show, you guys, but she is so booked and busy. We're going to try again next year when, you know, mm-hmm. when the paperback comes yeah. out. Um, yes. We didn't make it to San Diego Comic-Con because we have lies and work and problems and things and whatever. So we didn't get to make that press circuit and yeah. And Andor- Andorra screwed up a lot of the scheduling for all of us, not just me. Well, that bitch is gone now. Oh, That's I, th- right. I thought that you bitch said, is no I excuse think Andorra. Anymore. I'm like, what did Dora do? No, no I, I said Andorra. 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 Yes. <laughs> 
So there is that, and now there's this. This podcast is sponsored by our wonderful patrons. Our patrons are listeners like you. They don't like our ridiculously random banter interrupted by ads. They They like having another podcast to listen to on off weeks so they can hear us once a week. They are rebels. But if you don't believe me, ask Jean. Jean, why should our listeners become patrons? Well, you get the oh-so-fabulous after show where we ramble like mad women about life and Oslo's universe and whatever's pissed us off that week. That's right. <laughs> it's basically like the show, except we forgot to turn the stop button off. <laughs> yes. But you get more. More? We've got swag. 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 Swag for days. Oh. Fabulous swag. And depending on the level, you may get our lovely little sticker, our fabulous tote bag. Yay! And who knows what we'll dream up next. We're switching around the levels and contemplating some new different swag and contemplating some longevity awards, too. So just tune in, sign up, and find out. All right. So if you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slash demons discuss. Yay! Another advocate. <laughs> I would say, though, if you're a collector, I would collect some of this stuff before it's... Yeah, because we're going to switch... We'll we'll switch it up. It's not going to be the same old swag forever. That's right. I I do get bored. Easy. I like to design things, so... (laughs) You never know. You never know. You say that like it's a bad thing, Val. Well, some people like consistency. I know. I know. Some people, change is not good. I get bored easy. I already told you that story. I hear you. In in school. You know, they gave me problems. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in place of the time that we would use for uh, discusser emails, we kind of wanted to tell you about an idea we had. And this stemmed from the fun we had with all the comments made at Old Souls Con by our discussers. And we aired them on our bonus edition, Philly Busted. Yay. And so what we'd like to do is put out an Ask a Demon segment on one of our episodes. And here's the catch. It has to be a voicemail, a speak pipe, a voice memo made by phone. You all have those smartphones, right? So you can make a voice memo. And here are the rules. Okay. Keep it light. Ask your question, say your comment, but don't attempt to have your own podcast on your recording. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> we love you, but regulate yourselves. Do what we say, not what we do. <laughs> I have hard enough time editing the three of us down to reasonable. So please don't make me sweat over your recordings. Aim for one to three minutes. Keep in mind that Valerie makes you sound spectacular. I mean, you already have a good start just being yourself, but Valerie has some kind of magic because it's just fabulous when you hear yourself. Yes, totally. Makes me want to kiss myself. (laughs) (laughs) Kiss myself. I'm so pretty. (laughs) Little Bruno Mars to start our day here. So give us your name, first name, just first names are fine if you're not comfortable giving us your last name, where you live, ask us a question, or you can tell us your old soul story, whichever you choose. Things we won't do, we won't give out our personal information if you ask that. Tell you behind the scene gossip, you have to get us drunk for that. (laughs) (laughs) Or what else? What else won't we do, guys? We won't give away our coffee alias. Oh, no. (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) 
<laughs> no. I don't so, know. We reserve the right to, to... That might be an after show, I ask. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And in order to hear the after show after, you have to become a patron. So you see how we're roping you in, people. You see this? Yeah. Yeah. So Nicely played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're on SpeakPipe, you'll have one and a half minutes. Google Voice, you'll have three minutes. On a voice memo, you can record to infinity. But like but I said, don't. please don't try to keep it under three minutes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the deadline. This episode will air on the September 20th, so you have until October 20th to get us these recordings, okay? So Gives you a month. That's, yeah, it gives generous. you a month. It is very generous, and this way we can use it as a segment, Ask a Demon, and we want to hear your voices. We want to hear you actually ask it instead of us try to read it. Read it. <laughs> and that's it. So here's the information. For SpeakPipe, go to speakpipe.com slant demons discuss. Google Voice, uh, which is basically voicemail, call us at 360-519-7836. And on your phone, go to your voice memo app, record your message, then attach the message to an email address to demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. And that's it. And all that information I'll have in the show notes. And we want to hear from everybody. If you ever thought of writing in or if you ever thought of calling in, now's your time. We want to hear from you. Yes. All right. We're ready to go on to this chapter. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. This I just love this chapter. <laughs> we all do, I think. This is when I stood up and took notice of Marcus. I'm like, where, who is this guy? Where has he been? I know. Oh, dear Lord. I, like I, this is my favorite story. It's one of my favorite chapters only because it's probably the only one in the whole trilogy that made me go, what? Yeah. And it and was just like that. I, I did <laughs> not think of him as American werewolf in London after this. If I did, it was like in a very good way. <laughs> it was a good way. It was yeah. a good way. Yes. In a very tasty way. Yes, exactly. And now you top it with Edward Blumel for me? Ah! <laughs> what? Yeah, he's going to be great. Is that, was going back and reading it this last week a uh, revelatory experience for you, Val? Shh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> we, won't, we won't tell Robert. <laughs> oh, Okay, so this chapter discussion is brought to you by Marty Petchauer. Thank you, Marty. Marty. Yay! Yay, Marty! So we left off in chapter 19 in Susanna Norman's house. Diana had just magically incubated an egg to life. We open up chapter 20 and we find ourselves in a different time and place dealing with a new person. Her name is Phoebe. Okay, let me just start, though. Did you not turn the page? You're like, oh, God, this again? Yeah. Yeah, it was just like Rima, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the it's fuck? Like, <laughs> but I think we all changed our mind pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Oh, my God. It was kind of like, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Well, and even even the setting is like, okay, she's like stuck at work late at night or later at night with the buzzing of the fluorescent light, the security, it's her and the security guard. Right. It's like, really? Right. Are we in Seville again? Is it raining outside? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Moldy boxes. It's like, are every one of these interruptions going to be some poor, put upon white girl at the bottom of the totem pole right. doing her boss's yes, work at point. eight o'clock at night? Good. What's the British version of Javier? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sylvia. Sylvia. There she is. There she is. She's at the ballet. Phoebe works at Sotheby's in the Bond Street offices. I think those are the big offices. And she's stuck there on a Tuesday night waiting for somebody 
We don't know who yet. Talk about low low person on the totem pole. She's only been there for two weeks. Right. Ugh. But she sure seems to know her way around all the protocol. She does. Mm-hmm. She does. She's waiting for Dr. Whitmore. And that may ring a bell for those of you who read about a young blonde doctor or brunette if you're watching the TV show, but we're <laughs> not there yet. <laughs> we're in Converse and such. And uh... Yeah, but here's the thing. Mm. Okay, so, so put yourself in Phoebe's head. You know, you're on this brand new job and her your your boss is at the ballet and it's all very hoity-toity and stuffy and she's like well you just need to stay late for dr whitmore right you know i don't know if me and my 20 somethings would be like dr whitmore he's going to be some pain in the ass old 55 year old smelly surgeon who is just (laughs) difficult as hell and can't even show up during office hours and he's going to look at my ass all afternoon or he's just going to be kind (laughs) and in my head i would be guessing he's kind of daniel Again, you know, yeah. Dr. Damn, Whitmore was going to be my da- da- creep- <laughs> a creeper Daniel type. Yeah, yeah. I guess I would I would have thought, why doesn't Dr. Whitmore have his own proxy, his own umbrella holder to go to go yeah. get the, the well, minute? Yeah, and that too. But I certainly was, I, I, as Phoebe, I certainly wouldn't be expecting someone I'd even be remotely interested in. No, no, for sure not. <laughs> Brand new boss is kissing this guy's ass. He's going to be somebody older than my dad. Right, that makes you roll your eyes harder, right? Yeah, yeah, and way stuffier and way more, even further up on the food chain than my dad, the diplomat. Right. So when did Devil Wears Prada come out? When when did that come out? Because this scene kind of reminded me of that when I first read it. Was it like yeah. 2006? Yeah. Oh, Sil- Sylvia and um. Meryl Streep's character? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. By the way, I yes. love her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was such a good movie. Yeah. So Sylvia, and she's like picking up her ballet tickets, and she's like, of course you'll wait, you know? You don't that's have anything just... else to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's definitely Devil Wears Prada shit right there. <laughs> that was so horrid. But, I mean, she wasn't wrong. No. She had nowhere to go. <laughs> and she is low on the totem pole. Yep. Uh, apparently she's so low she's not even allowed to ask questions. No. <laughs> <laughs> But Sylvia did tell her he's from Oxford and an important client of this firm. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Yeah. I bring this up right here. It's like, okay, here's our first introduction to her. Yeah. I kind of felt a kinship to her because I remember that first job as an attorney in my 20s and just kind of like being treated like that. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's like being surrounded by a bunch of guys, mostly like Teamsters, first couple years out. Yeah. So talk about kind of keeping your own counsel and yeah any job with a ladder to climb you always have to start at the bottom yeah, I, she was humble I, th- I thought she was pretty humble and pretty canny about just Absolutely. you know I think that's why knowing her place the three of us feel the way we do is because we our first jobs were however many years ago but that's what was expected that's what you did is you paid your dues you paid your dues yeah. you got shat on you got yelled at <laughs> <laughs> you got the coffee yeah. order wrong you got <laughs> right you got the chow run wrong you in my case work, no matter what level. Yes. And the best and the best thing you could do in the face of all that is maintain your dignity. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. That's right. It's like, oh, you want me to get you coffee? You want me to get you chow? It's going to be the best I could do. And I'm, you're going to get correct change. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to spill and anything. Gonna, and I'm going to pay attention to the pecking order because that's my job right now. Yeah. Right. To change it. You tell me to shut up. I will shut up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And for me, that's no easy task. OK, <laughs> you guys know me. <laughs> yeah. With Sylvia, you know, she doesn't tell Phoebe more than she needs to know 
which is an Isabel-ism. Um, but obviously, obviously, she's dealt with them for a long time because she later on says about taking their tickets to the uh, their box to, in the ballet. So she's obviously right. used to that protocol and the the prim and proper dealings with them. Yeah, and the the singer about well confidentiality, man, that was kind of like the sit down and shut up. <laughs> yeah, Sylvia, out of this whole exchange, I'm not liking Sylvia a hell of a no, lot. I didn't like and me either. I don't think she's designed for your no. For no, she's there. Like you said, she's like she's the Miranda moment from The Devil Wears Prada. Yes, exactly. So, uh, do you think she knew they were vampires? Miranda? Oh, I mean, Sylvia. Sylvia. <laughs> Miranda probably didn't. <laughs> Although she could be one herself. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I think I think Sylvia may have wondered. I think the chairman knew, but yeah. the chairman basically told her, "Whatever you're thinking, just don't ask questions." Yeah, I think it's don't ask, Here's don't tell. They got the money. They're going to fork ask, it over. Don't tell. Here's right. the ballet tickets. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Right. And no, I don't have a number to their plastic surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> All right. So she's stuck at her desk. Mark is a little bit late. I'm sorry. Dr. Whitmore is a little bit late because he was supposed to be there at seven and she's there well beyond. Five minutes to nine. That's late, Marcus. Yeah. And she's sitting there thinking and and thinking about how she's at a disadvantage, you know, and then we get a little bit of background about her, how her mother taught her. Right. No, the more you know about people, the more you can navigate a situation. And I don't think it's so much, uh, I don't get any malevolence or deviance in that approach. It's, no, I mean, I think it's practical. It's yeah. practical and it's gracious. It's like the more you know about a new guest, the more you can make them comfortable and the more you can make things as easy as possible and for her, do as good a job as well. Imagine how many as possible because diplomat dinners she had to survive. So, right. Yeah. And, and this it's is, easier she's to we- show interest when you know more about the mm-hmm. person. Yes. And I mean, she's two weeks on the new job and this is like the first important, I don't want to say high profile because they they seem to be very low profile, but yeah. extremely prestigious clients she's going to meet and she doesn't want it to go wrong. Right. So she's going through the files and all she finds is a card in a locked file cabinet that says, Declaremont family inquire with the president. So the president knew, you figure, knew that they mm-hmm. were vampires. Yeah. Okay, so five minutes to but, nine. God damn it. But here's the thing. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> why, is, why is it just this little cream colored car with inquire with the president and it's still locked up and hidden in a file cabinet. That's almost crazy town. So I'm thinking and going back to my background with like uh, secret documents, you have mm-hmm. to put a placer card where it would have gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's probably checked out with the president in his safe just to uh-huh. be extra but I mean, sure. The place, yeah. But the, pla- the fact that the placer card's locked up too just makes me laugh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, if I think <laughs> about our classified safes they're locked the pl- they're locked yeah. <laughs> yeah good point they're locked in an envelope that's sealed that's locked <laughs> So, yeah, it's the Claremont family. The fact that they are clients there is secret, secret, secret on top of a secret. <laughs> <laughs> so five minutes to nine. That's when you hear Mr. Whitmore or Dr. Whitmore, excuse me. And he's saying, this is the third wild goose chase you've sent me on in as many days, Isabel. Please try to remember that I have things to do. Send a lawn next time. You think I'm not busy? I'll call you after I see them. And the man made a muffled oath. Tell your intuition to take a break, for God's sake. And I'm thinking, Marcus? Really? You talked to your grandmother right, like that? Right, right. <laughs> but, but now I'm thinking 
hearing you say that intuition about the miniatures, but it was her intuition about something else. Because why wouldn't yeah. she have sent Ellen? Yeah. This was kind of a meant to be type of thing. Huh. You think maybe? I don't know. I, know. I didn't think about it before, but I thought. Yeah. <laughs> just till now. So you think her third eye is waking up and she's seeing shit? Well, what's left yeah. of the third eye? Right. She yeah, was, I think so. She was her an intuitive third eye. Yeah, she was an intuitive human. So, mm-hmm. okay. So the man sounded strange, half American and half British. So we knew it was our Dr. Whitmore. So uh-huh. with, with blurred edges to his accent, suggesting that these weren't the only languages he knew. Phoebe's father had been the Queen's, been in the Queen's diplomatic service and his voice was similarly ambiguous as though he hailed from everywhere and nowhere so yeah that's our marcus yeah i, I love that description <laughs> and in a way her dad is kind of vampiric too a man from everywhere and nowhere and nowhere yep. so the bell rang and what did you think this exchange was going to wind up did you have any clue that there was going to be any kind of firework action happening or anything no no no, no I figured either. he was going to be, be, you know, a smart ass or he was going to be grumpy or... Yeah. Because he seemed seemed kind of irritated and put out by being sent on this errand to begin with. And I thought it was going to be much more cryptic like the Rima chapter. I didn't think we were going to get this yeah. full exchange and revelation. Right. So the bell rang and Phoebe was expecting it. She wasn't happy about it, but she pushed away from her desk and strode across the room. She was wearing her black heels. See, we're getting a much better description of this individual. So yes. that's why mm-hmm. I thought maybe we'll get to know more about what's going on. Her black heels, which had cost a fortune, but made her look taller, and Phoebe told herself, more, more authoritative. 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 More authoritative. Here's an outtake. <laughs> Man. I mean, if there wasn't any mistake that Sylvia, or any doubt that Sylvia was inspired by Miranda Richardson, this comment about adorably petite right. yeah. seals the deal. Yes. I mean, it sounds like Sylvia was a total bitch in the interview. <laughs> yeah. I bet she wouldn't tell Miriam that. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing adorably petite about Dr. Shepard at all. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe from a distance. Just when you get up close. <laughs> When she bites your head off. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well, th- here's the other thing before before we get to the main event. She was always, she was very jumpy in this yes. first. Uh, uh, and after Dale's comment about Isabel and her intuition and maybe the whole meant to be thing, I almost wonder if part of Phoebe's jumpiness is maybe she was somehow sensing that she was on the brink of something momentous. Yeah, maybe. Like it's it possible. was, she felt the energy. Yeah. And just didn't know what it meant because they're made. I mean, they they made it now. <laughs> now, well, now I mean, but like we find out in the book of life, they basically immediately knew. So I'm wondering if her anxiety was in part from that. Maybe, maybe she just anticipated something, but she didn't know what. Maybe, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It was like you know, there's something in the air. There's some kind of energy. Yeah, makes me think <laughs> something there. Is that a Phil Collins song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without the big drum solo. Yeah. Ba-dum, ba-dum. <laughs> anyway, the drum now solo that's everybody plays at the stoplight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least if you're of a certain age, you do. So she looks through the peephole and she sees these brilliant blue eyes. Surely this wasn't Dr. Whitmore. Oh, it was the scruffy hair, I think, that put her off. And a sudden rap on the door startled her. Whoever this man is, he had no manners. 
right? Well, she's, she's thinking it's Dr. Whitmore's handler. Yeah. Her proxy. She's, she's like, after all of this, he doesn't show up. He sends some runner. Yep. Yep. What the hell? So irritated, Phoebe punched the button on the intercom. Yes. <laughs> and then he's like Marcus Whitmore to see Miss Thorpe. And Phoebe looks through the people once more. Impossible. No one this young would warrant Sylvia's attention. And she asked for identification. And then Marcus is like, where's Sylvia? <laughs> I mean, it's all terse all the way. Yes. Just from the beginning. And then she says, at the ballet, asking for ID. And she's telling him to step away. And I'm wondering if she's feeling the tension there. It's like, you need to back off because it's too well, much. I yeah. thought he just like slaps his ID up against yeah. the people. Like, he's the being rude. He he's yeah. kind of being a dick. Well, two hours late is being a dick to begin yeah. with. Yeah. The whole time. So. So he's, I mean, he's out of sorts. She's out of sorts. He's in a hurry. He's pissed. Isabeau's going on about her, you know, her. he's going on about his grandmother's intuition. They're actually mirroring each other. Yeah. Yeah. So Marcus is like, Miss Taylor, I'm going to hurry. And then he takes down the card. And then the way she describes his eyes here, replaced by those twin blue beacons. She's mesmerized. Yeah. She's taken in already. Mm -hmm. Edward Blumel, he'll do that to you. Oh, she's like, oh, shit. (laughs) And I think her reaction, she startled herself with that reaction. Like, yeah, it kind of brings what? Diana's description to mind when she just describes Matthew in the Bodleian or a vampire uh, when she's in the Bodleian that one yeah. long look and you're you're a goner. Yeah. What? 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 Although well, I'm sure somebody as proper as Phoebe did not say that. Well, <laughs> I, I think one long look from from the specific vampire. Yes. Yes. Diana's description was more myth. And this is. Yes. Theory. This is. And this is. Yeah. Application. Yes. 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 So what happened with Matthew and Diana happened and uh, we saw Diana with Marcus and it was like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's, he's cute. He's wearing Converse and a, you know, concert shirt. But this is totally different. Yes. So it was Dr. Whitmore. What business did a scientist have to do with Sotheby's? And Phoebe pushed the release for the door. She lets him in. So Marcus pushes his way through and he's dressed in his normal attire, black jeans, his U2 t-shirt. And she describes a ridiculous pair of high top Converse trainers, also oh, I gray. I like the handful of ornaments of dubious provenance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and little worth. <laughs> I, I just, as a side note, I thought that also gray was kind of an odd add-in. Yeah. Was yeah. he all dressed in gray like Matthew did? Yeah. Was he changing? Gray. Well, because Matthew always dresses in black and yeah. gray and dark colors. Yeah. Do we remember Marcus dressing like that before? No, he's turning into his father. There you go. Because of, you know, all the responsibility that is being yeah. heaped upon him. So he's slowly morphing into Matthew. And, well, yes, and he's got his necklace and he's full of stuff. Too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And, and he's getting very grouchy. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, he's got his little version of an ampulla hanging yep. around his neck. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm surprised he's not touching it every five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be touching something else every five seconds. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. I got to ease you guys into this slowly because this is just going to go all down here from here. Fair warning, listeners. (laughs) Sorry, Angela. (laughs) Sorry, Ed, if you're listening. Come on the show, you man. May co- you may want to cover your ears, baby doll. <laughs> so, Matthew, 
I mean, sorry. Marcus says, <laughs> Sylvia left a package for me. Oh, my God. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> and then Phoebe goes, if you would be seated, Dr. Whitmore. And she gestures him to the chair. And Marcus, I want to sit down. He's like, this is not going to take long. I'm only here to confirm that my grandmother isn't crazy. Or... What he no. actually said isn't seeing zebras where they're only horses. One of Deb's favorite sayings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And do you want to, for those who are not familiar, would you like to elaborate for our listeners what that actually is? Yes. In all of our discussions, we love to, I should say, I know, I love to like drive into the ditch and spin out crazy theories. Not and, you, Jean, never. And tie together <laughs> disparate elements and try and figure out where things may be going or where things had gone before. And when we get too far afield, Deb's favorite warning is, you know, when you're look, looking for hoof prints, they're usually horses, not zebras. Quit chasing the zebras. Right. Because somebody thinks it's more fantastic than it actually is. Yeah. And usually that's quickly followed by Oakham's razor, which yep. is keep things simple, stupid. Exactly. Kiss method. Yeah. Yep. The simplest answer is usually correct. Exactly. So. So after he goes on about zebras and horses, Phoebe's like, excuse me? What? <laughs> She's thinking he's crazy. And he's she's about to hit the security button on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if a man continued to misbehave, she would use it. So the package. The please. package. Or he didn't even say please. He just says like he's kind of being a dick. Kinda. He's like he's like being. I don't know. At this point, I I see him as exerting alpha male. Like ooh. Yeah. He's he's more. Do- I mean, that, and that's why I was like, woo. He is being very dominant here, and very much more so than Matthew ever was with Diane. Yeah. I was like, and Phoebe's just like submitting to it all. Yeah. I th- very, yeah. very quickly. I think kind of. I feel like this is a turning point where he's, I got her mm-hmm. in my sights now. And the tension all through this is just delicious. Mm-hmm. So. And it says there's there was well, a spark we'll of interest like. there. Oh, I think it was more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And she thought crossing her arms would, uh, you know, protect her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's typical body language. I love yeah. reading body language. So she says, please sit down, Dr. Whitmore. It's long past closing time. I'm tired. There's paperwork to be filled out before I can let you examine. Dude, I don't need your bullshit right now. Yeah. In a very polite way. Yeah. I I would say polite, but exasperated. Like, impatient. Just let me get through today. Nobody wants to be working at nine o'clock at night. No. Yeah. Oh, and this this is where I was like, Marcus! (laughs) Right here. Where she reached up and rubbed the back of her neck. Yeah. And his nostrils flared. flared. Yeah. Eyelids drifted down. Like I said. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then she's looking at his eyelashes and I'm like, oh man, this is just going in a totally different direction than Rima and yeah. yes. the archives. <laughs> Reba and uh, Daniel. <laughs> this is like oh, the we opposite. Ma- we made the comment about the Me Too movement in that chapter, and I did think it in this chapter as well. <laughs> you did? Yeah, because well, we'll get to it at the end, at the very end, when he kisses her. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's well. not how I took it, but you know, no, I didn't. I didn't take it that way either. But it could help it going. Geez, we just compared Me Too with Daniel and what's her name, Rima. Yeah. Well, remember what we said. We've always said this now. Is he a stalker or a suitor? Yes. Depends whether he's cute or not. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, exactly. you know, just keep that rule in mind and we'll be fine. <laughs> just saying, I, it's not even fair to use the word stalker here because he was pretty, as we're going to say, there was nothing surreptitious about it. 
No, no, he was not being covert. He was being rather overt about this. Yeah. No, I don't think stalker <laughs> in that sense either, but it's yeah, wolfish behavior, that whole yes. predator and prey. He, She's definitely the prey. Yeah, and wolfish is the perfect, mm-hmm. perfect description, too. So if you put Daniel in that position, how would she take that? <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? And how would we take that, that as the reader? It's yeah. a huge turnoff. It'd be a, it'd be a whole different thing. Yeah. So, yep. Phoebe noticed that his eyelashes were darker than blonde hair and longer and thicker than hers and any woman would kill for lashes like those. Aw. So you start noticing somebody's eyes, their eyelashes. You're checking them out. Oh, yeah. 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 So Marcus goes, I think you better give me that box and let me be on my way, Miss Taylor. And I think that was a warning. (laughs) I think that's like, I'm going to need that box right now because I'm about to take a bigger sniff of you. (laughs) (laughs) How do you think Marcus yeah. is feeling? Do you think he's like, I'm just going to give into this and forge straight ahead? Or do you think he's trying to temper himself? I think he's trying to temper himself because he's kind of like, mm, yeah, she needs to, the, the, like you said, the whole prey thing is starting to kick in with him. And yeah. he's like, mm, would be good to start hunting, you know, right. Right. Sylvia's new assistant. <laughs> on, on, on an errand for Isabel. <laughs> yeah, no. And the only reason why I say that is because the gruff voice smoothed out, deepening into a warning. Yes. So I'm just thinking he's trying to modulate himself like mm-hmm. Matthew taught him to because, yeah. yeah. And Phoebe couldn't understand why. She's like, what? The line between hunting and sexual desire is razor thin and it yeah. gets blurred very quickly. I was going to yeah. say, and vampire and human, it's not that all that different. No. No. <laughs> no. So Phoebe's thinking, is he going to steal the box? And then she's considering pressing the alarm again. Jeez, <laughs> are you obtuse. Uh, Oh my god, she is, she is so funny right here because it's like, uh, wow, yeah, she must have gone to an all girl school. Wow, <laughs> and it's kind of adorable to me. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cute. Oh my god, okay, it's see, the, I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you, Jean, because you could have taken it the other way, but you didn't. Thank you. You did, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally didn't even need did. To shove you that time. (laughs) I totally did. My mind was anticipating this. Okay, so Sylvia would be furious if she offended a client. So she didn't want to ring the alarm because she didn't want to offend the client, yeah. which which in turn would piss Sylvia off. Fuck that I, do you know what's really interesting right here? Instead of like trying to put the desk between her her and Marcus, she goes and grabs a paper and then walks over and shoves it in his face. Yeah. Basically, it's like here, do this. I mean, the body la- the body body language that Deb's describing here is is just fascinating and fun and mm-hmm. she's it got rem- two stories going on right there it reminds me of what they teach you if you're being chased by a dog the tension between the dialogue and the body language is great here which you yeah. don't often see yeah on on the written page right but it's almost like it's almost like she was writing the screenplay for this chapter yeah to me yeah it's like what he's saying what he means yep yeah it's great i'm sorry i've yes. digressed go on <laughs> no the only thing i was saying it's like uh when they teach you you know, if a dog is chasing you, they tell you to scream and start chasing it. Just turn around yeah. and chase it back. Oh, yes. And that's Show what no I fear. feel like. I feel like that's what Phoebe was doing here. Like, mm-hmm. sign this. 
fucker. You know? Fine. Fine. If you're going to be that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she fact, might have felt trepidation, but she decided, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to deal with this. In fact, she, she unleashed the female secret weapon really, really early in their relationship when she's like, fine. <laughs> I'm happy to do this standing up if you prefer. <laughs> Although it's a great deal less comfortable. And she lets him know, you know. I don't know about Once again, she's being obtuse. Yeah. Yeah. Her in-laws are going to prove otherwise a couple chapters down the road. (laughs) He says, that's the best offer I've had in some time. His mouth twitched. If we're going to proceed, according to Hoyle, though, I think you should call me Marcus. And when you first read that, did you have any clue what that meant? No. Well, I remember there were Hoyle cards. Yeah. There's a, a little booklet. Yes. Yeah, but I remember growing up, my grandparents had a brand of Ho- a Hoyle brand playing cards. Oh, I see. And it yeah, actually said Hoyle yeah. on the box. Yeah. And I'm like, is he just being really cute about, you know, if you're going to play a game, let's play a game. With Hoyle, yeah, with Hoyle cards. <laughs> <We're>, I'll play. <laughs> I'll play your game, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, Phoebe's confused. She's like, Hoyle? I don't think he works here. Come on, Phoebe. I I think she's so adorable in this chapter. And then he says, I certainly hope not. And he's like, Edmund Hoyle's been dead since 1769. And she's like, I'm fairly new to Sotheby's. You'll have to forgive me for not understanding the reference. Her feelings are hurt. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's still thinking about pushing the button. I love it. Oh, my God. So Marcus decides to soften it down. He's like, here's your pen and your form. See, I did exactly what you asked me to do. I'm really well behaved. My father made sure of it. And I think that goes back to him tamping himself down when he was like on the verge of growling. Yeah. Yeah. And and it also makes me think as we sit here, it makes me think back to the whole lecture about teaching Marcus to hunt and the the lines of hunting. And when he told Diana to make sure and mating and staying away when he's feeding because any it's vampire, a, it mixed signals. I, yes. I know that it was all Matthew here, but did you not think at all of Times Convert, his father, this time around? No. 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 I, I always do. Whenever they mention father now, I think of both of them. Really? I, I, yeah, I know that he's always referring to Matthew unless he's specifically referring to his Times Convert father, but I always think of both of them now. I blocked that guy out. Well, he was no joke, so I couldn't help but think of <laughs> I know. I'm really very well behaved. <laughs> I'd rather not think of him in reading this chapter because it's kind of a... Mm. It's a killjoy, man. Well, is it Matthew, too? I didn't have an easy life of fathers. <laughs> spoiler alert! I don't know. No, it's Matthew's not spoiler. L- it's after, after the publication. It is oh, September true. 20th. We're talking Good from point. the past. Good point, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, poor Marcus didn't... I think he improved. I think he went up the ladder a little bit. <laughs> With Matthew, yes. Yes. Well, especially with Freya taking the laboring oar. Yes. Yeah. So. so Phoebe takes a pen and paper from him and her fingers brush against the back of Whitmore's hand and the coldness made her shiver in more Ooh. ways than one, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a heavy gold signet on his pinky finger and it looked medieval, but no one walked around London with such a rare and valuable ring on his finger. Now, it seems like she's evaluating everything he owns. <laughs> and doing it poorly. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Dubious provenance and little worse. But one of those things on that cord was Fanny's ear bob. Yeah. Which, unless it's the guillotine ones I found, that was the only one I found that wouldn't look like it was worth a fortune. Well, didn't he have like a tooth on there? Yeah. I mean, a yellow a tooth, fever victim. A tooth, a whistle, Fanny's ear bob. Yeah. Uh, you know, just stuff. An antique ear bob, I don't know that I would call it little worse, is what I'm saying, unless like like I said, the it was the guillotine ones. Yeah. So she determined that uh, his ring must be fake because it just looked too valuable. Well, it, and she probably was a good took a look at, look at his whole ensemble, shall we say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's got like the vintage concert shirt on and, and probably didn't help the appraisal any, no. Tennis <laughs> shoes. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like, okay, I, I kind of get the idea of what kind of club he's running with. So maybe that's his like little gothy thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Hangs out at a fake vampire club. <laughs> something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. He's just trying to be cool. So she looks at the form and she returns to the desk. It all seemed to be right. And she's like, if this guy turns out to be some kind of criminal, which wouldn't surprise her a bit, <laughs> at least she wouldn't feel guilty for breaking the rules. So she opens the box. She wouldn't and- be guilty of breaking the rules. Yeah. <laughs> she opens the box and as she prepared to surrender it to the odd Dr. Whitmore for his examination. Odd. Odd. <laughs> the choice of that word odd. What do you think about that? Um, Odd. It's very British. Odd. How odd. Yeah. Instead of like us saying weird, they would say odd. I'd love to get... Stephen, when you're listening, we'd love to hear your, your thoughts on this. Yeah. Odd. Specifically, you know, especially when it's somebody who ends up being a suitor and the first thought is, is odd. odd. I don't know. When I like things, I, I think they're weird. Like Robert will ask me how something tastes and it's different to me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's and odd. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And he's like, do you not like it? I didn't say I didn't like it. It's just weird. I have to wrap my head around so it. You, so you you use weird like, hmm, I could be charmed by this, but yes. I have to think about it. Yes. That's that's why I'm, what I'm wondering about using odd in this context, because it doesn't sound derisive. No. In this passage, it's just kind of like... To me, hmm. weird isn't bad. <laughs> right. No, but I'm just saying, even just... To as to to a general reader, it's like the odd. I mean, if she, she wanted to call him weird, or she, why odd instead of strange? To I me, strange know. strange would have a, a a more negative connotation. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Odd could be neutral, like you haven't fully made your mind up. Eccentric would be you you accepted him as different. Yes, yes. And, and also, I don't think even if you're looking at a guy's eyelashes, even if you accepted him, I don't think eccentric would be the word. That's a word you use with somebody's cute uncle. Yeah, yeah. You know. Cute eighty-year-old uncle with the bushy eyebrows, <laughs> or Timothy, or Timothy, right? But Timothy wouldn't necessarily be considered date material. Whereas she's starting to think about that a little bit. I don't know. Let me see, Timothy. He yeah. might be weird. He might be weird. I don't know. <laughs> see how I use weird or odd? He could be odd. <laughs> I'm just talking about and book the TV Timothy. Timothy is adorbs. Yeah, I'm just talking about the book Timothy. Although with the dachshunds, I would think he's odd too, rather than eccentric. <laughs> he's, he's odd. <laughs> Yeah, the way, the, way, the way through my heart is through cute dogs. If you've got cute dogs and you treat them well, that goes a long way. Right. So she takes a look at what's inside the box and she's like, oh. <laughs> 
she expected to see a diamond necklace or a Victorian set of emeralds, right? Something her own grandmother would like. Instead, the box contained two oval miniatures, and it's set into niches that had been formed to adhere perfectly to their edges and protect them from damage. Wow. I think yeah. we know what these are. I think we saw them last chapter. Shh. Spoiler. (laughs) So she's looking at the picture of Diana, golden hair tinged with red and an open necked ruff framed in a heart shaped face. Her pale eyes looked out at the viewer with calm assurance and her mouth curved in a gentle smile. And she realizes it's Hilliard. Yep. Yep. Which is a big fucking deal at Sotheby's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, which was a big fucking deal with Diana in the last chapter. Yes. And then she describes the other miniature depicted with a man with a shock of black hair brushed back from his forehead, a straggling beard, and we know about that beard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And a mustache that made him look younger than his black eyes suggested. I wonder how she feels about Marcus in a beard. (laughs) You're jumping ahead. Like we said, five books ahead of us. That's where Jean I know. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so a mustache that made him look younger than his black eyes suggested, and his white linen shirt also open at the neck. Ooh. Showing flesh that was milkier than the cloth. What? Paler, paler, pale. Yep. Long fingers held a jewel suspended from a thick chain. Behind the man, golden flames burned and twisted, a symbol of passion. Thank God they were green. <laughs> I can't believe I read it that way. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> no, it was lovely. Oh, it, goes, okay. it goes very well with Deb's bumper. Right. So a soft breath tickled her ear. Holy Christ. Whitmore looked like he had seen a ghost. And she's like, they're beautiful, aren't they? This must be the set of miniatures that just arrived. An old couple in Shropshire found them hidden in the back of their silver chests where they were looking for a place to store some new pieces. Sylvia reckons they'll fetch a really good price. And then Marcus is like, oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm surprised grandmama wasn't on speed dial. I, well, he pushed a button on his phone, so I, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought I saw push the buttons. Yeah, no, you no, no. Right. Push, she, is on, push, she is on speed dial. Right? And she answers the phone. We? Oui? <laughs> I can't do impetuous French. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded more like uh, Julia Child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't do oh. imperious French. <laughs> We? <laughs> you think we were drinking? No, audience. No, we haven't. No, <laughs> no. So uh, Phoebe's thinking to herself that this is the problem with cell phones. Everyone shattered on them, and you can hear private conversations. She's kind of a Luddite, isn't she? Yeah. And that was before, the, obviously, the modern day iPhone. Yes. <laughs> Where you can't hear anyone. Yes. <laughs> That's true. I love I love her. Do you have my do I have your complete attention now, Marcus? After he said you were right about the miniatures. Uh. Yep. And then Marcus kind of this is an odd response right here. He says, No, and thank God for it. My complete attention isn't good for anyone. But I think that was a little uh I think that was for Phoebe. Message for Phoebe. Phoebe. Yeah. That was yeah. Phoebe's benefit, not his grandmother's benefit, yeah. definitely. I, I know. Isabel was probably on there with the line like, What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah. 
God, I can imagine her. So Whitmore eyed Phoebe and smiled while he sang, no, and thank God for it. The man was charming, Phoebe reluctantly admitted. Okay, so this feels a lot like Diana just, when, she, when she's about to whack Matthew over the head. Mm-hmm. With this the just oar. shifted. Yeah. Yes. Give me a few more days before you send me on another errand, because I got shit to do. <laughs> I have a, people to see. I have a situation over here. <laughs> Marcus, the situation Whitmore. Yeah. <laughs> he has a situation in his fortress he needs to take care of. <laughs> oh, wow, this episode's a mess. <laughs> You were the one who brought up the brought up the fortress the other day. I can't help I it. Know. I, got it out of my head. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So Marcus is trying to figure out how much Isabeau is willing to pay because you know he wants to get this conversation done with Isabeau and go about his business. He's got business to take care of. He's now. got business. He's got a situation. He's got to handle. Anyway, so Isabeau comes back and says, "Price doesn't matter." And those were words that made auction houses happy because Phoebe's overhearing this because. Apparently, Isabeau is yelling over the phone. Well, she's Isabeau. What do you expect? Exactly. <laughs> Hello, Marcus. Hello. Hello. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, we might have to re-record this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna, we're gonna make it through. All we're right, almost there. We're almost there. We're almost there. Okay, so. Phoebe said Hilliard believed that his portrait miniatures were best viewed in private, and she's musing out loud. He felt the art of limning put too many of his subjects' secrets on display. You can see why. These two look like they kept all kinds of secrets. Ah, uh, yeah, that was good, huh? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. God, for once she's not being obtuse. No, no. When no. she's talking about art, she's in her element, but when she's talking to boys, not so much. Yeah. Well, that's, well, I mean, her expertise in art is all about making observations. That's yeah. right. But sometimes, sometimes you know, when your livelihood or your vocation is all about making observations, you can transfer them between inanimate objects and people. No. I'm just saying. That's, I totally just, agree. She's yeah. just very obtuse when it comes to boys. Listen, I'm the most obtuse person there is sometimes. And that's all I do is make observations. So <laughs> I know that. So true. So true. It's just so cute. This is true. It is cute. I can imagine you being Phoebe, Angela. I could I could see you doing this. <laughs> and, and yes, I did go to all-girls school. And yes, I was obtuse when I was released into the wild. Well, here's here's the funny thing. Al is very much like Phoebe. He is so obtuse when it comes to women. He always has been. It's just like, huh? What? Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? What are you talking about? It's like, we'd what? be at parties and people would find, oh, women would find out he's doctors. It's like, man, I would get like elbowed into the corner, literally. <laughs> and I'm at first it would be like, I'd get mad at him him and he's like what are you talking about i'm like jesus christ that woman was crawling all over you and you just stood there he's like well what was i supposed to do (laughs) what do you mean i'm like it's like he wasn't putting out the signal except for the dr signal yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) the md light yes Ooh, md light that sounds sexy see already keep keep all away from me (laughs) just kidding just kidding (laughs) what i'm saying is i mean it's not a gender thing. It's like guys can be just as 
obtuse about yeah. that kind oh, yeah. of thing as women can be. That'll be broken. Oh, Aww. I was obtuse in my career for the longest time because after I met Robert, I had a bunch of guy friends, but he would observe them. And he's like, he's not your friend. I'm like, what? What do you mean? He's my friend. We're good friends. He's my pal. He, you know, we yeah. hang out. No. And, and <laughs> no. Robert's like, he has plenty of friends. He doesn't need you as a friend. I'm telling you. Yeah. And then midnight confessions come out on a late night shift. I'm like, ah, Jesus Christ. Seriously. <laughs> but he was right. Us. Really? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably why you took it the way you did. It's like, I love I this. Think this so. is bullshit. I think this so. Bullshit. It's like, can I just have some guy as a friend? Is that not possible? Apparently not. Jesus. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Yep. So that kind of obtuse, I can see. I can relate to that because mm-hmm. you're, especially if your mind isn't there. Right. And you're not thinking these things. I don't read minds. I don't know what this guy's thinking. But Robert picked up on it right away. He's like, uh, yeah, no, he's totally hitting on you. And you have no clue. But <laughs> I think Phoebe's getting a clue right here. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. So she had just said that these two kept all kinds of secrets. And then Marcus murmurs, you're right there. And his face was very close, giving Phoebe an opportunity to examine his eyes more closely. They were bluer than she had first realized. Bluer than even as you're right. Yes. Bluer, bluer than the Hilliard blue. So the phone rang and Phoebe reached to answer it and thought his hand drifted down just for a moment to her waist. And it probably did. But he probably yeah. snatched it away real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, give the man his miniatures, Phoebe. And it was Sylvia. She's like, I don't understand. I'm not authorized. She's like, he purchased them outright. Our obligation was to get the highest possible price for their pieces. We've done that. The Taverners will be able to spend their autumn years in Monte Carlo if they choose. And you can tell Marcus that if I miss Le Dance de Fet. How do you say that? Fet? Fet. Oh, thank you. I'll be enjoying <laughs> his family's his family's box seats for the next season's performances. And then Sylvia hung up. Sylvia's a piece of fucking work. Yeah, well, I mean, you always need a foil in a story, yeah. right? She's the foil for this chapter. And he misses Matthew. Yeah. That Aww. made me sad right there. When he said, I almost believe that yeah. word to speak, he might hear me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's struggling there. Yeah. So Phoebe senses something's off and she couldn't identify it. She decides to make small talk. She says, your grandmother must have a very healthy bank account, Dr. Whitmore. <laughs> What's small talk? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, for her, it's small. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, she was kind of like, she was not being snotty so much as she's like, your grandma, something else is going on here. Your grandmother way o- overpaid for these things. I just, that I could see her saying, but well, I can't even that. I mean, if she's supposed to handle clients, that's why, yes, it's changed. It's shifting. It's getting more familiar. But I just think if you're dealing with wealthy people, it'd be like me in my business saying, you have a very healthy bank account. (laughs) (laughs) What's your grandma's name? She's also only two weeks into her job. And and she's kind of been all through this chapter. She's off kilter because nobody's given her any information in order to to do her job the way she knows how to do it as a diplomat. So I think some of this stuff is she's just kind of blurting it out. like Right. Very undiplomatic like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And very useful. She's kind of youthful and out of her element. Yes. And her guard is coming down and she's 
trying to think of small talk. And that's yeah. what I do sometimes. <laughs> Say the wrong things. Small talk. Especially yeah. if you're trying to flirt a little yeah. bit. She's, and yeah. she realized, and she's also kind of like, yeah, these are longtime clients. I better like say something in case they get mad and say, you know, do the typical human client thing saying, uh, why didn't you keep me from doing something stupid six months yeah. from now? Mm-hmm. You know, I think she was probably thinking of that too. It's like, oh, and I'm the junior person and they're going to throw me under the bus if this thing goes bad. She wasn't thinking, man. She was all mesmerized by, yeah. you know, Oh, Marcus. Yeah. It was those and his blue, blue eyes. eyes. Yep, and those yep, eyelashes. Yep. Batting those eyelashes. So she says, we'll never know who these two are. Not after so many centuries of obscurities. Names are important. And we've heard that before. <laughs> I love the, this line. The identity of the sitter was crucial to each valuation. Well, they just put a value on it for them. Yep. It's, I, it's like name. She says exactly what Isabel says. It's kind of like, I don't think that was serendipity. Twinning. I, I almost, yeah. <laughs> no, I also, I think, I think it's the whole... It's about when her intuition thing. Mm-hmm. She knew. Hmm. I'll have to look into that further. I know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll maybe see we'll more. See. And uh, Marcus goes, to be honest, my grandmother doesn't need to make a return on her investment. And Isabel would prefer it if no one knows who they are. Phoebe frowned at the odd phrasing. Here's that word odd again. Did his grandmother think she did know, referring to the identities of these two people? And <laughs> Marcus, I'm sure her brain started spinning in that second. It's like, how is it wait, they, they would know who yeah, these people are? What? Here's Marcus's turn to like drop the mic on Phoebe. He's like, it was a pleasure doing business with you, Phoebe. Even if we did it standing up this time. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh, that's when I shrieked. When I was yeah. standing in the bathroom reading and drying my hair, I'm like, yeah. You don't mind if I call you Phoebe. Yeah. Marcus paused, smiled with his charming smile. And he says, you don't mind me calling you Phoebe. And Phoebe did mind. Yes. I think that was her protest. She really didn't mind. But she did mind. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> she rubbed her neck in exasperation, pushing aside her black collar length hair. And Marcus's eyes lingered on the curve of her shoulders. When she made no reply, he closed the box, tucked the miniatures under his arm and backed away. She was... <laughs> He was giving her a headache. I'd like to take you to dinner. And this is what brought me to Matthew. Uh-huh. He said it mildly. I'd like to take you to dinner. And that's exactly what Matthew said when he first met Diana. Mm-hmm. And me being obtuse when I first read this, yes. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's what this is. Okay. <laughs> that was my first read. Seemingly unaware of Phoebe's clear signals of uninterest. He's like, we can celebrate the taverner's good fortune, as well as the sizable commission that you will be splitting with Sylvia. You know, she's yeah. probably feeling better about the money, though. Well, no, I think for her, it's kind of like, wait a minute. This just went from odd to bizarro world. Sylvia right. splitting yeah. the commission. Yes, what the, what? exactly. Now I'm in Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it was a matter of, of her being greedy or, or no money no was she was kind of like oh, is, I'll take she was kind of like this is fucked up what the hell's going on uh, yeah huh happy surprise remember when people started logging into Patreon and we got like that five dollar yeah, we were right. like what <laughs> what are we, what <laughs> what's going on so yeah I think it's like that yeah. and um, he explains that it was a condition of the deal my grandmother wouldn't have it any other way and then he goes gruff and he's like dinner I'm like oh shit and here she goes I I don't go out with strange men after dark. And then he's, and then he's like, I'll ask you out to dinner tomorrow after we've had lunch. Once you spent a couple hours in my company, I won't be strange any longer. <laughs> See, the difference between
between Diana and Matthew is Diana was concerned that she was dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, Diana well, knew what whole, Matthew was. Right. The whole, I don't go out with strange men after dark and the whole, va- you know, I, in a second is kind of like the vampire myth. It's like, did that cross her subconscious? It's like, oh, what? He won't take me out in the daylight. Yeah. No, the old, yeah. Nothing good happens after dark. Yeah. Nothing. Well, the way we used to say is nothing good after, happens after one. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're out past one, there's nothing good going to happen. Drunk 30. Mm-hmm. Only so, two here. Phoebe says, oh, you'll still be strange. And I don't take lunch. I eat at my desk. And she looked away in confusion. Had she said that first part out loud? <laughs> I love how obtuse she is. And, is and so, I'm thinking, I love and? It. Yeah. Go on. Yes. <laughs> I'll pick you and up Mark, at one. <laughs> Mark is like, I'll pick you up at one. His smile widening. Phoebe's heart sank. She had said it out loud. And don't worry, we won't go far. Jane, I'll let you cover this part of the book. Uh, part of the no, book. This no, is your no, favorite. Saying, She's proceeding. She She's like, why not? <laughs> I mean, and then of course it was like, okay, fine. She th- he thinks I'm a child and, you know, you know, she said, well, well, why not? Like, you know, he's he was making a crack about her being short or something. Right. No. Oh, no, 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 no. I just wanted to let you know you could wear those shoes again without worrying you'll break your neck. And then it happened. <laughs> You his eyes, the eyes, his eyes traveled slowly. Yes, her black leather pumps lingering on her ankles, and then they crawled up the curve of her calf. I like them. There you go. Woo. Thank you, Jean. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he was behaving like an 18th century rake. Oh, you don't know the half of it, Phoebe. You uh, don't know the half of it. I like that he apologized somewhat. Yes. Then she gets very officious at her <laughs> making her heels click. Yeah. Like that Like that didn't throw kerosene onto the fire. Right. Yeah. Yeah, she thought she was going to prove something to him, and all she did was, like, get him more worked up. Riled up. Mm-hmm. Riled up. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where he made an appreciative sound. Thank- yeah, I was going to say, he was more genteel than a wolf whistle, though. Mm, I'm in trouble. Never mind, Phoebe. I'm in trouble right here. (laughs) I love it. I shouldn't be so forward. My grandmother disapproves of that almost as much as she disapproves of being cut out of a business deal. But here's the thing, Phoebe. Oh. And then he's back, like, right there. Right there. (laughs) Whispering in her ear like the devil on her her shoulder. (laughs) Oh, dear. Here we go. Unlike the men who have taken you out to dinner and perhaps gone back to your flat for something afterward, your propriety and fine manners don't frighten me off. Quite the opposite. And I can't help imagining what you'll be like when that icy control melts. Ah! That was it! (laughs) She's the one that's cold and she's got the icy control. It's hot in here. Hot in this closet. <laughs> well, it just goes to show you people enthralled. He, She's got control over him, too. Not only just over herself. I know. Yeah. Until tomorrow. And make sure the door locks behind me. You're in enough trouble. <laughs> me too, Phoebe. Don't feel alone. <laughs> <laughs> Now, did you feel like this, though, Val, pre-TV or after TV? Oh, oh pre-TV. 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 Me, pre-TV. Me and Jean have had this conversation oh where it was my like, God. it changed everything I ever thought about Marcus. Oh, yeah, it did. But Same I still here. wasn't enamored with him, like, I, like no. to the level you are with the TV, Marcus. Oh, well, no. It, Edward Blumel took it up a whole nother <laughs> level. All right. <laughs> 
And, and I'll tell you, it wasn't Edward Blumel for me so much as Times Convert Marcus took it to a whole nother level for me. Yeah. See, but I, I noticed Ed before Times Convert. So I know. Well, it was, I was only, still- see, I'm in the middle. I was only it was only this chapter that make me made me like stand up and go, oh whoa, this is Marcus. <laughs> yeah. The TV Marcus, not even Times Convert, just this, just this, yeah. right? This took you to that whole other level by yeah. itself, right? Yeah. yeah, I had a brand new respect for him. Totally. Yeah. Woo. Who knew? 18th century rake was my type. There yep. you go. I, I, I knew that for myself. <laughs> Doesn't matter what century. <laughs> and the whole kissing your hand thing. I wonder if that's where they got the idea to have Matthew kiss Diana's wrist. Because I, I mean, know. that happened the, first. Out of the trilogy, I'll be honest with you, this was probably the hottest chapter in the whole ch- trilogy as far as sexual tension. He kissed her palm in the book. In A Discovery of Witches, he kissed her palm. Yeah, but it didn't read like this. Ah, well, I think by then, Deb had more practice in writing shit like this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is true. The more you practice it, the better you get at it. <laughs> Maybe she had dolls. I don't know. <laughs> Remember that one episode you you were describing the dolls? <laughs> oh, hey, like I said, uh, well. you don't want to be in the checkout line at Toys R Us explaining two G.I. Joes and one Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, so let's close this chapter. Phoebe's hand was trembling. That man, that strange man with no grasp of proper etiquette and startling blue eyes had kissed her. Oh, God, I love how she's like, at work. At her place at work. <laughs> without her permission. And she hadn't slapped him, which is what well-bred daughters of diplomats were taught to do as a last resort against unwanted advances at home and abroad. She was indeed in trouble. Yeah, I think it wasn't. I think it was very wanted. She just realized it in that second. Mm -hmm. I'm in trouble. You think? (laughs) So any last thoughts to add to chapter 20 before we move on? I do not. We picked this one clean, didn't we? I love this one. It's so much fun. That chapter is so much fun. Uh, I guess my last thought probably goes more towards all the uproar that was that was about Phoebe in the book and how everybody hated Phoebe. How there was somebody put that negatively worded post up as I don't like Phoebe. Convince me otherwise. Oh well, we can save that for actual last thoughts. I'm just talking about this chapter itself. Didn't we talk about that last episode? Well, let's talk about this right here, only because it's like there's really nothing in chapter 20 that would do more. I mean, at the most, you feel neutral about her. I mean, she's she's like the low totem pole shop girl who he flirted with. Aren't they more upset about fast forward to the book of life and you don't get to hear all the details in between? I think that's months. what I yeah. think that's what fires up the excitement. Right. But if you if you go back to you the foundation, at, with the, the, which is this chapter, yeah, and you read it and interpret it how we just did, I think your thoughts might go a little bit differently as you go on to the book of life and you open it up. It's like, oh, they're together now. You're not so surprised that you know she's yeah, pretty I mean, much she's a man eater. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like there was absolutely nothing in this chapter that makes her sound like a gold digger or a man eater or anything like that. Because she's kind of like dorky and, oh, my God, I let a guy kiss me at work. I'm going to be in so much trouble. Yeah. In more than one way. It's almost like they're biased about her shoes. Like that that's created the whole picture of their misinterpretation. And she probably spent a whole paycheck on those shoes. I'm yeah, telling because she, you. Because her interviewer called her short. Yes. I mean, she, that is, she did not buy those shoes to be a show off <laughs> or, or attract guys. No. Yeah. No. No. She bought those shoes because her turnout boss called her short. And she's sensitive about that. She doesn't like it. She didn't buy them to be provocative. So, all right. 
Going once, going twice. We good? We good? Yes. So. Boom! Yay! We need a little auction hammer. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so on to housekeeping. Housekeeping this time is brought to you by Lisa Slack. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Housekeeping! So who's going first with their housekeeping? I have housekeeping. I have a five-star review. Yay! <laughs> it's from Lynn and Kelly. She says, great fun. I listen to your podcast on my commute. People in the other cars must think I'm crazy because I'm laughing so hard. Enjoy your podcast very much and your rapport with each other is genuine. Looking forward to your panel in Philly. XO, Lynn. Oh, thank Aww, you, thank Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. Yeah. That's awesome. And I hope you enjoyed it. I have Lynn as well. In iTunes by Rioli from USA on July 26th. All right. Angela, Jean, and Val are some of my favorite people to listen to. Their commentary on the All Souls world is always insightful and lots of times very funny. I enjoy taking a stroll through their ideas and getting stuck in the ditches with them. I highly recommend (laughs) listening to this podcast. Yolanda. Thank you, Yolanda. Thank you so much. She's one of my favorite people, too. And by the by, she won our last emoji contest. Yay! More on that later. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I have something from a new discusser. She just signed up. Signed up for a Facebook group. She binge listened all uh, our whole catalog of episodes. That's got to be exhausting. (laughs) So I owe it to her to read her whole message to us. And this is from, I believe I'm going to say Belia. If I'm wrong, then correct me, Belia or B. Belia. Belia. Yes. I don't know. She says B, so that's fine. That's fine. Okay. So from B, as always, and she's referring to our bonus episode, Philly Busted. As always, such a fun episode. You are hilarious. I could feel the excitement and love. Matthew's voice, first reactions, the baby Matthew good, the Edward comments, priceless. Thank you for sharing your experiences at the con and your review on the first episode preview. Cannot wait to watch it in January 19. Again, I'm going to tell you guys, don't set yourself up for January 19. Aim for the first quarter, January, February, March. That's what we're going to say. They only said early 2019. Anyway, back to this. I love the cast and how they interact with each other on and off screen. And the end product so far looks amazing. Teresa Palmer and Alex Kingston are my rock stars. And I love, 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 love Matthew Good. Totally my Matthew. (laughs) Hashtag calling dibs. Hashtag no shame. Moving on. (laughs) I cannot wait for your next episode. I just finished listening to all your episodes, which made my whole reading experience of Discovery Witches and... Shadow of Night, even better. And I just finished reading The Book of Life. Yeah, I'm a newbie. And I want more. Time for Times Convert. And <laughs> Demons Discuss After Show. I just became a patron, number 55. Question, what do you think about having a massive TV show synchronized watch party event next year? Whenever the show premieres, with chestnuts and wine, etc. Would that be a crazy idea? Thanks again for this great podcast and adding me to the Facebook group. Keep it going. Demon kisses B. Yeah, just the letter B. Easier to pronounce. Yes. Thanks, Thank B. you, B. I love the enthusiasm. I know. I do too. 
And I just saw something the other day. I believe she has an Instagram page, which is Creatures Rock. Yep. So keep an eye out for that. I think she, I haven't taken a deep look into it. I don't know what she got on their pictures. <laughs> yes. On Instagram, yeah. yes. That would be pictures. <laughs> that would be pictures. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. <laughs> Durr. <laughs> no, I haven't actually looked at her pictures. I just kind of looked at her profile. So yes. And when I look further, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can see Belia's Instagram page. And I'm sure she has more links, but there you go. And that's it for housekeeping. We have anything else? I think that's it. All right. On to save it for the show. And this save it for the show is brought to you by Leslie Planitzer. Thank you, Leslie. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. Save it for the show. Topic is patience is a declaremont virtue. Take it away, Jean. Well, everybody's patience is going to need to kick into high gear because it's patience season. Yeah, tell me about it. By the time you're listening to this, uh, the UK and I believe the Nordic countries will be starting to watch A Discovery of Witches on Sky TV and other providers. I yep. think it's HBO in the Nordic countries. Yep. Uh, we all have Times Convert in our hot little hands hopefully. And we're reading that right now. And hopefully by this time, time you're listening to this, we may know a start date for Sundays now in the U.S. and everybody else who's waiting on stuff. So that being said, there is absolutely no way we can keep you folks in the U.S. bubble or you folks who don't buy the book on release day or waiting for it from the library or whatever. There's no way to keep spoilers off the interwebs. The interwebs. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. People are not doing it to be mean to you, really and truly. I would just say, don't go seeking it out either. Yeah, You know that the you know, this little event is going to be discussing Times Convert. Don't pop in there and go, oh yeah. my God, you just spoiled it for me. Don't go searching. Yeah. Don't go searching <laughs> hashtags and blaming people. You spoiled it for me. What? <laughs> Don't add yourself to a spoiler event and then get pissed off when everybody's talking about the book you haven't read yet. Yeah. Read the book first. Or, uh, you know, put a moratorium on yourself. And or get used to having spoilers and being okay with it. And also, as a corollary to patience is a declaremont virtue, yeah. asking death every five minutes for a start date or a distributor or even what her UK tour is. She will tell you as soon as she knows. Asking her 55 times isn't going to make her tell you faster. Really and truly. As soon as she knows and she puts it out, we'll put it out too. And Mm -hmm. other platforms will will put it out. You will know. And if you don't see it, don't ask because it's not out yet. Subscribe to her newsletter, people. Please. 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 You know what's been fabulous, too, are her Facebook Live videos, which you don't have to see it live because it's on her page forever. But she's yes. very practical. And someone asked that, too, like, how can I avoid spoilers? She's like, sorry, can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. It's the 21st century. Good luck with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've never been one to mind spoilers, though. I don't either. No. Because it's, if, even if you know where the destination ends up, you've got to take the journey to get there. Sometimes, okay, and this is a confession on my end, sometimes what I usually do if I find a book that's like, okay, where the fuck is this going? I'll open up the last chapter oh, and make sure. Totally. <laughs> I do it all the time. I did it with Times Convert. I did it with all the books in the All Souls trilogy, except the World of All Souls. I do. I can't help myself. But I don't yeah, read. I'm not, I'm not spoiling it for anyone else. I'm doing what I want to do. 
Yeah. I, I don't. So I don't mind spoilers. So I much. don't do that, but I'm with you, Angela. No. I mean, the journey is more important than the destination. And the, the most recent story I've got about that is I was, uh, the author that they help out sometimes is she, she was doing a four part series, which had very, very dramatic cliffhangers and the cliffhanger for the, transition for the third to the fourth book she needed to figure out some technical stuff for and she was like yeah i'm like what do you need she's like well i don't want to ruin the cliffhanger for you i'm like well what do, what do i need to f- i can figure it out i don't you know it's like just tell me what yeah. i need to figure out and then she's she's like explains it to me and even knowing that that's what's going to happen at the end of that sequence it didn't ruin a damn thing for me yeah right because the journey's the journey's more important than the destination right so i mean there are but- there are certain things that could spoil it like if you know when we were trying to guess the declarement on the congregation or I mean, just like little things that aren't exactly of great importance. If someone says, oh, well, this is who's the declarement on the congregation or this is who Phoebe's makers or this is I mean, that's, that's silly just obnoxious. That, yes, yeah, that's exactly. Obnoxious stuff. And I mean, yes. And as you folks read, you'll find out that, you know, Phoebe's maker in the bigger scheme of things doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You're, you're, I mean, you're, it's fo- not, you're focusing on the assistant over here while the magician's doing something else over yeah, here. Right. Well, it's not like Dumbledore dies in book six of Harry Potter. It's yeah. Not- I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's those kind of spoilers for me. I mean, I yeah. was uh, the total shock value, the punch in the gut sometimes. Yeah, I can I can get that. That's like a huge spoiler. But the yeah. little things. Yeah, and that, and that ruined. Uh, I was stupid. I was uh, online and I was looking at the season finale for like Blacklist or something last season. And it's like Tom's dead. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> that was the one time I should not have looked at spoilers. <laughs> so spoilers to a degree doesn't yeah. it doesn't bother me, but I I realize it does bother some people. Yeah. So. Don't tell anybody if somebody's dying dying or dead. Don't tell them. That, yeah. That's that's yeah. Even people who don't mind spoilers, those that kind of shit pisses everybody off. Yeah. <laughs> and Snape did it. Oh, stop. <laughs> Stop. I said, I, I love, stop, uh, stop. <laughs> Snape's not a bad guy either. What? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> these are the kinds of things you should not be telling people in the right. All Souls world, okay? <laughs> do you understand these examples? I just no. love Alan Rick. I, oh. I do too. I do too. It was so sad when he died. Yeah. What? No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was spooky when he died because the day he died, there was an owl hooting outside our window. Oh my gosh. Oh, it was spooky almost. I'm like, wow, this is weird. Because I'm not like a huge Potterhead either. It's like, wow. Yeah. Did you know his Patronus was a doe? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now I do. Now I do. Damn it. <laughs> Hit it. Uh, all right. So, uh, I don't think I have anything else for this saver for the show. Do you guys? No. <laughs> just think, just think be think patient. We, we fully made a mockery of everything. Our work is done. <laughs> <laughs> be patient and don't be a dick. Yes. We made a proper mockery out of everything today. <laughs> All right. So after this, we'll do last thoughts and things we cannot let go of. 
Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Contact us. We are at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 360-519-7836. Or leave us one on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Hit us up on social media, and we are at demonsdiscuss or at demonsdomain. Join our Facebook group, Demonic Discussers. The keys to get in are in the show notes. And if you're listening on your mobile device, click the description. It'll be there too. Become a discusser. And there are two ways to do that now. And if you're in the U.S., text ADOW as an ADAL, as in a discovery of witches. So text ADOW to 444-999 or visit demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the form and spam our code and that's it, you're a discusser. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com to see what we're up to. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Keep Angela alive! Uh, my last thought for American listeners, if you get your hands on, and this is probably way too late now, but if you get your hands on the press pack, don't read the summaries. They'll just piss you off. Really? They didn't piss me off. Well, there were a couple, <laughs> there were a couple of things in there that pissed me off, but we'll talk about that I on know. the after show. I was, I was fine. Again, it's that whole spoiler thing. I didn't care if it was. It wasn't the spoiler no, I know, thing. I know what you're talking cho- about. But a couple I, choices, but that's No, okay. I, I know. I know. I'm just saying that. You talked about it next, last episode. Right. So I, talk I was about it judgment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk about it again if you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that brings us to the hearty-eyed emoji contest that we held a few episodes back before All Souls Con seemed like forever ago. Uh-huh. But we're finally going to choose a winner. A winner. Yay! Okay, so I'm going to have a drum roll right here. <laughs> <laughs> and the number is seven. Lucky seven. Seven is Patricia. Yay! Patricia! Yay! Our, our friend to the north. Our friend to the north. Our friend to the north. Guess what you won? You won a demon ditch driving t-shirt. The one, the new one that we wore for this year at All Souls. Oh my God, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. It's awesome. It is a unisex extra large. So you can wear it to sleep. You can tie a knot in it, wear it out, Woo-hoo! whatever. Woo! It's all you. So uh, we're going to do this again. And guess what we're giving away this time? Tell me. Tell us. Curious? Tell us, tell, yes. Curious? All right. So at All Souls Con, we sold Hilliard necklaces and they sold out like hotcakes. But we reserved a few. And I have one Diana and one Matthew. And the winner will get their choice. And we like Hilliard because this chapter dealt with the Hilliard portraits with mm-hmm. Marcus and Phoebe. So it works out. So uh, is it my turn to choose? the emoji? No, it's mine. Oh, it's yours. Okay, so what emoji are you choosing? Would it be appropriate if I did the ghost emoji? Oh! Ooh! Ghost emoji! So if you... <laughs> <laughs> So if you've listened this far, tweet us a ghost emoji. And obviously, we don't have any strict deadlines for these things. (laughs) (laughs) Just get it when you hear this, okay? Just get on your Twitter and you can just tweet an emoji. Everyone has a ghost emoji, right? I'm pretty sure you have the ghost emoji, right, on your Android? Yes, I do. So, yeah, I think everybody has the ghost emoji. So uh, tweet the little ghost, Angela's little favorite thing, because they love her, the ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) 
And you don't have to say anything else, just the emoji. But if you want to go over the top, you can too, as long as we see the ghost. Yeah. And that's it. And congratulations, Patricia. Enjoy your shirt. Yay. Those shirts are so comfy. I know. They are nice. They are nice. Rather nice. So that's it. We're done here. Aw. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Let's say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next time. Mm